Welcome to the 12th Man Rising Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Kevin Daggett and Lee Vowell. And welcome to the 12th Man Rising Podcast with Kevin Daggett and Lee. Kevin, how are you? I'm doing good. I feel a little better after we got a couple spots filled on the roster. Yeah, exactly. You know, we'll get into that in just a minute. I know the last time we were talking about this last uh, last week, actually last Tuesday at this point, we uh, we didn't really vent about the Seahawks not signing anybody because we kind of expected that, right? Because the Seahawks never, if they were to ever jump at somebody first wave of free agency as far as some big signing that means either the team before that free agency period wasn't very good and so therefore we have to spend a lot of money and we by meaning the seahawks because we're fans uh we have to spend a lot of money on the fact that they need to fill these roles and they need to fill them with some one or two high elite free agent prospects who hopefully will turn out to be just as good as they have been next year versus the last few years um but you know as seahawks fan seahawks fans we've actually gotten a little bit spoiled as far as the the seasons in the last 10 years as far as the success of the team which is a good thing so seattle doesn't have to jump at a, a free agent a high-ranked free agent or or not um, so Seattle normally, John Schneider and Pete Carroll normally wait until that second wave of free agency. And they kind of did that this year. Um, I mean, they, they did bring back Chris Carson, but as far as the changes that have been made so far, are you happy with what they've done so far? And do you think that makes the team better next year than it was in 2020? Better? I'm not, I don't know about better, but you know, along the lines that you're talking, we didn't have many, many chips to be, to be spending in free agency either, but they did fill some holes. I mean, they, they, you know, they got Griffin go and they got Witherspoon. Um, they kept Carson. Um, uh, you know, they got, uh, uh, Jackson from the Raiders. So they filled a couple holes. I don't, I don't necessarily know if they're better. I, I, you know, I hope, um, I've still got some hopes for Dunlop um, or Dunlap, I should say, um, you know, re-signing him. But uh, as far as being better, I'm not sure they're better. But, um, yeah, maybe I tied into they probably, you know, probably got a little better there. But if they are better, it's slightly. If they're not better versus the rest of the NFC West, especially with the 49ers, presumably being better in 2021 because their their roster was just decimated by injury in 2020. Um, say the Rams stay the same and the 49ers are better and the Cardinals have made a couple of moves like signing J.J. Watt and, and a couple other players, um, bringing in Hudson as their center, which I, I, having a good center is great. And he is a good center, but I don't know if that makes the team like not playoff worthy versus playoff worthy, but bringing in JJ Watt and some others might. So if, if the Seahawks stand pat and they're not any better, presumably next year, do they make the playoffs because the 49ers should be better and the Cardinals should be better just because they're a year 
more into Kyler Murray and the Rams. Maybe they always beat the, the Seahawks for whatever reason. But even before Sean McVay got there, they beat the Seahawks. Are we worried about the Seahawks roster not being any better, even though they made the playoffs in 2020, but them not being better in 2021 means they don't make the playoffs? That's a good question. I don't, I don't know about that. Cause as you know, those four teams that you mentioned are going to, going to beat each other up throughout the season. The other, I think another question is what's the scheme of the offense going to be? Is it going to be the same old predictable offense that we've seen out of the Seahawks and, you know, not much fanfare and, or are we going to, is, um, you know, is there going to be some, uh, some new twists in that offense that, um, that make things better. And that, you know, that's, I think that plays a factor too, but it's going to be a tough division to play in tough division to make the playoffs in. Yeah. I think you hit on it right there because Shane Waldron is the new offense coordinator in Seattle. Um, and you know, he's based on the Rams system. The Rams offense wasn't, it's not the reason they were successful in 2020 or really 2019 because the defense is kind of loaded there, right? So when Sean McVay became the head coach for the Rams, they ran a offensive system, which had a lot of jet sweeps and other things like that, which was great because it seemed to change things up. But really the reason the Rams win is the defense. So, I like the hiring of of Shane Waldron, bringing him in versus Brian Schottenheimer, because maybe he brings an element of some versatility and something changing up what Seattle has done in the past. But yeah, my fear is that, you know, the, the offense isn't that much more imaginative and any better. Whereas if it had been, for instance, Shanahan, got fired in San Francisco and came to be the offensive coordinator in Seattle, I'd be like, man, this is going to be awesome. Right. I'm kind of just like, I don't know if I believe the offense is going to be any better until we start playing games. Right. Yeah, I agree. And you know, one thing we talked about last year with the defense is, okay, you're bringing in Jamal Adams. All right. That's great. But the Seahawks don't stunt that much on defense. So, are they going to, over the years, they haven't. So are you going to be able to really use Jamal Adams for what he is good at? Well, they showed that they stunted a lot more with him and it was real effective. So, and, you know, with, you know, Wilson's saying some stuff and, and, you know, making some noise and maybe that'll, maybe that uh, helped a little bit in Pete Carroll being, well, you know, maybe I should look at, mixing things up a little bit more and, and stepping out of the offensive uh, way of the scheme of things a little bit and let, uh, let the coordinator take, take the reins. So, you know, we'll see, but I think, I don't, if, um, I think if Pete doesn't do that, I don't think Walden's going to hang around too long because an offensive coordinator wants to do what an offensive coordinator does and run the offense. So, you know, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see, but that is going to be key to the deal because, you know, the defense, I think the defense will, so far, what we've got, I think will be all right. Um, but it's all going to depend on that offense, like you said. Yeah, I think you hit, I, 
I wish I had set in as probably most twelves do on that interview that that Pete Carroll and John Schneider had with Shane Waldron because I want to hear what they asked him and what Waldron kind of expects in the meantime as far as moving forward because if it's like Pete Carroll was saying, hey, you know what, you know, we need to, I, w- I want to hand this offense kind of over to you and, he, and based on what the Rams have done over the last few years and Waldron's like, Yep, I want to implement a lot of what the Rams have done moving forward with Seattle. Great. But but if it's more of an interview like, you know, Brian Schottenheimer was great, but clearly he was hamstrung by what Pete Carroll, or maybe he was hamstrung by his own offensive coordinator talent, because at the end of the year the offense sucked, and that seemed to have a lot more about Schottenheimer than, than Carroll, and maybe Carroll's input as far as the end of in the playoff game against the Rams he was like you know run run Chris Carson it's working right and Schottenheimer wasn't so so maybe maybe Waldron has a little bit more control or maybe they're going to give him a little bit more control than what we saw to Schottenheimer which would be fantastic but Chris Carson was underused in 2020 I feel like I mean he only had 600 something yards rushing and he still played the majority of the season. He should have had 900,000 yards rushing, as far as I'm concerned, and been even more used in the passing game. I think the Rams do that with their running backs really well, and Chris Carson has, was re-signed this past week for two years, three years, whatever, but it's third year's voided. But two years, he's definitely going to be a Seahawk. How does he fit, do you think, in Waldron's system and is Chris Carson going to be even better in Waldron's system? I would hope so, because you're right. I mean, Chris Carson, is a he's a big back, and he runs north and south. And so, you know, my big concern about him last year was injuries. And he, you know, he had a couple little, little things, but nothing major. So I, I think he's healthy. And, uh, but he's going to have to be because they, they need a better run game to open up the pass game for Wilson because, uh, you know, anybody can say that I don't know what I'm talking about, but Wilson's lost a step. And, you know, if, if you want to deny that, you can deny it, but he has. And so he needs, you know, we need to need to to create a better running game to open up that passing game for Wilson. Yeah, he's got a bunch of receive, fast receivers going down the field, but he needs a little bit of time and – um you know, some, some guys to think they're doing something else in order for him to get a little more time to, to throw that ball. And, and, uh, you know, cause I don't, I don't know if we're ever going to go back to the, to the days of Russ, um, you know, with that spin move and the double spin move, it seems to be a lot more duck and cover these days when he gets collapsed on than, uh, than the, uh, you know, the Russ of a few couple of years ago, but, um, uh, I think Carson's going to have to play a bigger role, you know. And Alex Collins, he's a pretty good, at, pretty good back out of the uh, coming out of the backfield catching the ball. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think the running back group you mentioned, Collins. I think Rashad Penny can stay healthy for once. Carson Penny Collins, who who's been a good fit for Seattle when he's played for Seattle, and then. DJ Dallas, maybe they only go with four running backs and have uh, Nick Ballore be the uh, fullback. And then I don't know what, that, what happens with Travis Homer. 
Um, maybe he ends up being the fifth back, but once you, you know, really the main backs are going to be those top three or top two, really Carson and Penny. If Penny can stay healthy, I think that's Carson and Penny combo is really, really good. And then if Collins can step in and he always seems to run hard, if he doesn't fumble the ball, he's a productive, a productive, uh, running back. So I think running back room is pretty set. Um, let me ask you this. So, so Gabe Jackson, they traded for Gabe Jackson. The Raiders seem to give up all their offensive linemen. Well, literally all of them, except for one this off season, uh, Gabe Jackson, Gabe why can't I speak English? Gabe Jackson is going to be the left guard next to uh, Dwayne Brown, most likely. Jackson, the last couple of years, hasn't been the Gabe Jackson of previous seasons, but maybe it's the fit in that offensive system with uh, John Gruden. Maybe he fits better with the Seahawks. Are you happy that they traded for Gabe Jackson? I am. I think, you know, as far as who was available out there, I think he was a good option. He's a big dude. He's a young dude. Um, you know, people have I read a couple of things. People have taken shots at his, that his run game's not, you know, as good as some other guys, but his passing is, is, is good. So um, I'm, I'm happy with the, with the pickup. Yeah. Is Russ happy? That's the key, I guess, right at this point. Make Russell Wilson happy. I hope he's happy. I mean, they they <laughs> they picked up a a veteran, pretty good offensive lineman for him. So to replace the guy, you know, to replace a a pretty good one that left. But we'll see. Yeah, my my only concern there is how they yeah they gave up a fifth round pick to get Jackson, but he's worth nine million dollars. So it's that's a chunk of change. He's got to be really really good. That left yeah. side needs to be awesome. And Ethan Posick ended up being re-signed, which I think is a good signing. At $3 million for next year, I thought Posick was okay at the first part of the season. Maybe not so much the last part after he got injured, but you think Posick's a long... I mean, to me, he's a, he could be a long-term center even beyond 2021 because he really just kind of learned the position 2020 as far as the NFL level. Are you happy with him being the center going forward, or do you really think there's a chance that he's going to have to play his way into being the starter next year? Uh, he was good last year. I mean, I, I think the one of the problems with that center position for the Seahawks is, I think I mentioned this before, is that you know, me as a fan, I compare the center position to Max Unger, so, you know, and who is who's going to replace that guy? So... You know, is he is he the best center in the league? Is he the best center in our division? Uh, no, but um, he wasn't horrible last year. So, I mean, if if you got to go with him, you got to go with him. I, again, what does Russ think of it? You know, because that's Russ has got to be really in tune with that guy. So, what is Wilson? Is Wilson happy with that? Did Wilson want somebody else? That's you know, and and you got to ask those questions now that he's. Uh, you know, causing causing some uh, some noise. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's offensive side of the football. You know, it's basically it's kind of set at this point. I mean, they're still looking for a third wide out. Maybe it's Antonio Brown. I don't know what you think of about him as a human being. Maybe you know, maybe he shouldn't be a Seahawk. 
or maybe Freddie Swain is already he's already on the roster. Maybe he'll be fine in twenty twenty one. But the rest of the roster is pretty set because they signed uh, Gerald Everett. So they've got a you know two deep at least tight end group with Disley and Everett. The receivers are set with uh, Lockett and Metcalf. The running back group is preset. Offensive line set because no matter what people think about Posick, he's going to be the starter. So your starters are set. How do you feel about Antonio Brown possibly coming into Seattle? And then, you know, if if it's not Antonio Brown, would you be okay with who they already have on the roster? I think you need. Eh, I think you need to pick up a, a third, another, a better third wide receiver. You know, as far as Brown, I mean, he's got his issues. He was in Tampa last year and, you know, he didn't play much and kind of kept quiet. Well, we, but we do know Russ likes him. So, you know, um, I guess I'd be okay with it. I mean, I've, you know, I've, I have not haven't been a big fan of Antonio Brown in the past, but, um, you know, he seems to be kind of keeping quiet and, and playing the game and not causing a bunch of ruckus. So that's that's always a good thing. But again, Russ likes him. Would you be willing to maybe overpay for like T.Y. Hilton coming in? Uh, I don't know if T.Y. Hilton's going to would be happy being a number three receiver. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> of course, the way the NFL works now, it could be that. Hilton ends up with as many catches as Lockett. What What about this? I'll just throw this out. Lockett being traded for draft picks and then having to bring somebody in as a second receiver, would you be happier with Brown being that second receiver or Hilton? Because Metcalf's going to be number one at that point. Uh, that's a tough call. I, probably Hilton, but I don't I don't know that I want to get rid of Lockett. That's a... That's a, that's a um, that's asking a lot to to be willing to give him up. I mean, what are you going to? I mean, what's his market value? What kind of draft picks are that's we talking true. about? Yeah, that's that's the point. I mean, he's he's he makes a lot of money. Trading him for draft picks would save the Seahawks money. I'd rather not trade Tyler Lockett because he's a really good receiver and a really good dude. And I like those guys. I I, I root for the Seahawks because even Richard Sherman lives in Seattle in the off season, right? He's not a bad guy, just outspoken. I'd rather have Richard Sherman back as a cornerback, to be honest, in 2021. And Lockett's, you know, I like to root for a team. Again, Antonio Brown, it's like, eh, he's had some... I, I don't want him on Seattle's team because I want to root for my favorite team being a team full of mostly good dudes, as far as we know, right? So, or even Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon has said he wants to play in the NFL again. Well, the Seahawks wanted him to play in the NFL again. He just wasn't able to play in the NFL in 2020. So bringing him back, I don't think Josh Gordon's a bad guy. I just think he has substance issues. So if if it were me, you know, I don't know how you feel. I'd rather have Josh Gordon as a human being than Antonio Brown. Oh yeah, I'd rather have Josh Gordon too. And I've 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 said that before. I I. I really wish that he could come in because he would he would be a great the he would be the answer I think you know Lockett is Lockett is not only is a good receiver is a good dude but he's clutch I mean the the yeah, catches that he is. makes when he has to are just incredible and he just makes catch puts the ball down and gets back in the huddle you know 
not a lot of big fan for him. Maybe he throws up the first down sign, but he just seems to act like he's been there before and and let's let's move on, go down the field and throw the ball to me again. Yeah, I I wish DK Metcalf had Tyler Lockett's hands because then he would be a <laughs> 1,900-yard guy. I mean, yeah. yep. But, I mean, it is what it is. They're, I'm I'm happy to have Metcalf and Lockett both on the team, and I don't want them to leave. I just want them to have a, a third receiver who actually is really good. And I don't want it to be Antonio Brown. <laughs> I, I'd rather it be Freddie Swain who steps up. But at this point, I mean, maybe they go heavy with Disley and Everett because it's a Rams. It should be a Rams-influenced offense, and maybe they go more tight end heavy instead of instead of a wide receiver or maybe they use Carson a lot more in the receiving game than even they did before, because that's what the Rams kind of did with uh Todd Gurley. So we'll see. Uh, defensively though, Carlos Dunlap's market is going down, down, down. So is Jadavian Clowney's down, down, down. If you could have one of those two, who would you have? And, if the Seahawks could fit both in, would you like to have Clowney back? No, I, I I'm not a huge Clowney fan. I, I've, he's, he didn't do much with the Titans last year. And, you know, he's getting older and he's injury prone. I'd rather have Alden Smith. I don't you know, know if that could happen, but, um, you know, I thought the Cowboys were going to lock him up for, for long term, but, um, I'd rather have Dunlop. And then uh, Alden Smith, if he could get him. What do you think about, uh, and we both live in Tennessee for on the record, any hopes that Daryl Taylor will actually be a productive professional? And then if he is, well, throughout, if he is, because if he is, that kind of makes the rest of the argument moot. But if, if Dunlap comes back, do you think Seattle is, is happy with Maybe they can re-sign Mayoa, who is okay. And then Alden Robinson, he was he showed flashes that he could be good. Maybe they just go with Dunlap, and then their their hope really is that Taylor comes in and actually gets seven to eight sacks next year. Yeah, I'd like to see Taylor do well. I mean, he, like I said, he played well on a, on a terrible. team in the SEC, <laughs> yeah, on a on a terrible team in the SEC, and you know, but that injury, I don't know. I mean, he was out all stinking year last year, and what kind of shape is he in? What's it going to take to get him in shape? And, you know, Robinson, I'm still not sure why he didn't play more than he did last year, but you know, I I don't I have. I guess I have hopes that Taylor can can play and do well. Um, realistically, I don't know that that's going to happen. Yeah, I agree. As far as Robinson goes, it was almost like, oh, he's going to make a sack or a tackle for a loss, and then it's like, no, oh, we won't play him. We'll try. We'll try this guy, uh, Stefan Sullivan, who who will not be a Seahawk by the end of the year, but we'll try him at defensive end. It's like. This Robinson kid seems to be product- producing at some level. Maybe he should get more snaps. I didn't really understand that at all. So, oh. but, um, you know, going into the draft, and that's not until the end of April, obviously, early May, and we'll get more into that in future shows. But 
as far as the draft, Seahawks only have right now, which is, we know it's going to change, three picks. They have a second rounder, a fourth rounder, and a sixth rounder, right? So um, that sounds weird. But if, if you were picking in the second round throughout the other picks, are you going with an offensive lineman first or are you going with somebody else? Yeah, I, I would, but I they're probably not going to pick in the second round. They're probably trade it for seven other future picks or something. But <laughs> yeah, I would I would go with an offensive lineman. There's, I, I mean, I'm not completely satisfied with what's there right now. So you know, we're trying to find somebody young and you know maybe get another Lewis type guy and and uh, who hopefully we can hold on to him and kind of go from there but yeah offensive line would you go with a a tackle like a left tackle in hopes that uh, in the second round for instance if they did keep that pick uh that that would work out long term or are you looking for more like interior linemen like you know jackson's in his final year i think no he has two years left but assuming they don't want to pay him in 2022 and release him or trade him and posix on a one-year deal Lewis is there for a long, long time. And then you've got Shell at right tackle. Would you go tackle or would you go guard? guard I'd, probably, I'd probably go tackle. I mean, we've had, we had a few injuries at that position last year and, you know, Shell and Brown. So probably need a good solid person there to back him up. Yeah, I thought Shell did really well and when he played. But the problem is... You know, he's had an injury history and how how uh, how healthy is going to be for the entirety of 2021. Maybe he'll be really good. And if he is, if he stays healthy for 15, 16 games and the rest of the offensive line does as well, I think Rush should be happy because that's yep. that on paper is a really good offensive line, right? Yes, it is. Especially Lewis in his second year. He was really good as a right guard. In his rookie season, I think he's going to be really, really good. Jackson's good. Brown, you know, hopefully they'll get two two to three good years left in him. And then Shelf, he's still healthy. I mean, they're set. So you look at the rest of the division, on paper, you have, to me anyway, you have the best quarterback in the division. You have the best running back in the division. You have the best tandem of receivers in the division. And on paper, the offensive line is terrible. So the offense should be good enough to win the NFC West and get the Seahawks to the playoffs again next year, wouldn't you think? I would hope so. <laughs> well, what would be your biggest fear about that? that? About them not making it? Or just about the offense in general next year? Staying healthy. I mean, it's, you know, Russ, Russ staying healthy. I mean, he's getting up there, Carson, staying healthy. Um, and that that's kind of always my thing is just everybody staying healthy. And then what are your backups? What can they do? Um, you know, and, or what, what can you pick up? Um, if somebody's out for the, for a while, what can you pick up to cover for them while they're out? That type of thing. So just health. Yeah, makes sense. So, well, next week we will be talking more about free agency and hopefully – look a little bit more into the NFL draft and see what pro days have happened. Um, but otherwise, thank you for listening. And as always, Kevin has the last two words. Go Hawks. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile 
and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.